Hello, it's Philippa Waller here, founder of 4D Human Being. Welcome to another episode of the 4D Human Being podcast. Now, for many of us around the world, the last few days have brought further lockdown restrictions and concerns around the COVID pandemic. And our thoughts are very much with everyone, with all of you, and the different ways that all of us are being impacted. This episode that you're about to hear was recorded in November, where Penelope and I talk about how perhaps we have a bit more power than we can sometimes believe around how we create the reality that we live in. Now, of course, current world events mean that reality is often changing very quickly and can be incredibly challenging. And we ask, what experience can we create through the choices that we can make and the thoughts that we focus on. Penelope and I love to create a reality where we find laughter, even in the hardest of times, as you will hear. We really enjoyed making this episode and it seems even more relevant in terms of recent events. We hope you enjoy the show. What does he call it? Ramble chat. Is it ramble chat? Yeah, going to do a ramble chat. (laughs) So I'm not sure that morning podcasts are the way. I agree, I mean, Phil. I don't know. Something about the creative warm up, isn't there? Something about the vocal, the warm-up. vocal, yes. Just yeah, the whole. It's not. Yeah, it's just. You can actually test your starter energy. Like I've got quite good. I've got good energy. I've got high energy. You know. But starter energy is a different thing. How long it takes does, you to ram? When does, when, <laughs> when, when does it ram? When does it well, fully that's ram? That's exactly right. Like, and how long does it take to fully ramp? Because I think we've got a slight scheduling issue with our colleague, Matt, because I think he's, he's fully ramped energy-wise. <laughs> Matt, kind of you are fully ramped. You're fully ramped at about 7.30 in the morning, but he has a post-lunch slump. And I think that's, oh. that's when I peak. Oh. Well, in yeah. a way, I suppose that means, you know, 4D is always peaking. Um, we, well, good point. We used to say that when I was writing with um, Deborah and Monica for years and years, um, and Monica was in the States. And it's sometimes, Deborah, because Deborah is originally from Australia, she'd go to Australia. And it was perfect because you literally had a 24-hour cycle yeah. going on. So in a way... You kind of want people peaking at different times, although not yes. in every scenario. Um, let's be clear, that's a different thing. So moving, moving on. on. So what are we talking about today, Penelope? Well, we ummed and heard about it, didn't we? I mean, that did we um, feel- did we um an er or did we, we um an ah? Oh, what's the difference between those? I don't two? know. I ummed and er. Um an ah. Uh, no, it's ummed and erd. I think you're right. Tomato, tomato. I might actually record a song on Garage Band this morning. Um, <laughs> we exchanged Lucky old neighbours. <laughs> Lucky neighbours. Uh, we exchanged a few texts and I think our minds are very often drawn to obviously the pandemic that's going on, how it's affecting us, the possibility of a further lockdown, you know, finding joy, finding resilience. I think this came off the back of me saying, should we go and learn to ride motorbikes? It was. And then then I said, (laughs) I said, let's cycle the North Downs way. Let's mountain bike the North Downs way with stopovers stopovers overnight. And you said... I haven't got 
have you got a bike? And I said, we can't let that stop us. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the theme, oh, I think I can feel myself ramping up. We were oh, to, we, gosh, we, she's peaking. <laughs> she's we were talking just now about starter <laughs> energy being different from just your, your kind of running energy. Um and how long it takes you to ramp up. So anyway, creativity ramping. Um, so I think there's definitely two big, there's two big themes, isn't there, about creating your own reality. And one is the internal stuff, the kind of, you know, the narrative we have in our brain, what we, what we visualize, what we believe, what we, um, um, hope for or dream for. And then there's the external reality. It's so interesting that, isn't it? The environment. I sort of want to start with the outside, which is sort of the wrong way around, but how, how we are impacted. I mean, just even this morning, trying to plug my computer in, I've got sort of so many cables because I've got the US, I've got the Ethernet to get a better Wi-Fi connection, uh, internet connection rather. And rather than sort of move the extension lead into an easier position, you know, I just sort of was sort of tangling myself in chairs and it's all sort of fed through the back of a dining room chair and over a um, piece of furniture in the living room. And how often we just let the environment totally impact our experience of reality. Totally, and don't even question it. I mean, I, I remember back in my uh, apartment initially, sounds very glamorous. Honestly, it wasn't. <laughs> um, and I used to have, because the kids were relative, relatively short, unsurprisingly, their children. Um, <laughs> those I, those I little had, children, those little people. I had, um, you know, one of those sort of plastic stools from Ikea that you can stand on to, re- to reach up. And I always placed it in front of the sink so that they could wash their hands and da da da. But I always left it there. So every time I had to fill the kettle or fill a saucepan with water, I had to sort of lean over yeah. to the tax. I didn't want to stand on the stool, obviously. Yeah. Every, every time. Yeah. Every time. And it hurt my back. Yeah. But yeah. Boy, I wasn't going to, wasn't going to move that stool. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where, it, that's where that stool belongs. Yeah. Oh, it's madness. Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it, that the way we manage our external reality. Yeah. Or certainly what we can control about it has so much more of an impact on who we believe we are and, and, our, yeah. and our identity. And we were, to, we were just chatting this morning. I remember that study and I was just looking it up again that was done in, it was actually the, the really late seventies. I thought it was more recent where they took some elderly gentlemen uh, from um, a residential. Well, lots, lo- lots of the best studies were done in the sixties and seventies because of course there were so few rules well, around what you could do. Well, like, you could do anything to old people. Well, and children. We, yes. we had to watch videos on my psychotherapy course of, Children separated from their mother to see what happened. I mean, it was so disturbing. I mean, you couldn't do those experiments now. So it's interesting, isn't it? That so the positive version of that is that this study where they took the elderly gentleman from a residential care home, and they were interested in what happens when you get put in a in an environment in a reality, to use our language that we're using this morning, where uh, you know it's very uniform. It's decorated for a very often a very sort of utilitarian practical purpose you've got less autonomy um, and your identity is you're not in a system like a family or a community um, necessarily where your identity perhaps is as clear as it was so they were sort of arguing that perhaps there's a loss of identity anyway they took them out (laughs) there's a sort of suggestion that they didn't know where they were going anyway they all survived Um, they were taken to a house that was decorated um, from sort of the 40s or 50s, sort of 20, 30 years earlier when they were much younger. Um, And 
they would they then lived in this in this house um so the environment was absolutely reminiscent of them as younger men anyway cut a long story short i mean everything improved you know their mobility yeah. their hearing their eyesight their memory their cognition um their physical health um they were th- these sort of old frail men and by the end of the time in the in the house in the kind of younger house if you like um they were playing football on the lawn yeah i mean why have we let that study just sort of slide? I know. I know. It's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel different in my house based on the state of it. And I mean, that's, you know, that's a very minor change. Well, well it can be major when you've got kids and dogs. But yeah, um, I completely agree with that. I, this is not a super segue because I'm not the master of super segues. It's a clunky segue. But I know that you mentioned both the environment and you also mentioned that sort of internal. There might be one other piece though that's connected really is you know we talk often about the world happening to you or you happening to the world and I think very often the world is sort of telling you what to do or indicating what you should do based on what you believe and and I remember having conversations with you at quite massive turning points in my life where you sort of said basically you said make a different decision mm. make a different choice mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. than perhaps the path of least resistance or the path that the world seems to be pushing you down and it, that has completely changed my life yeah. it has completely created a different reality it's sort of that awakeness isn't it to making a choice it is and in, in, i agree and it's an interesting one isn't it because I mean, there's a whole, you know, once again, we could go down the, the, the rabbit hole of free will. But awakeness is the right word, isn't it, Pen? Because otherwise, we are simply making the same decisions based yeah. on the organism that we have become based on the decisions that we've made before. So, yes. you, you, so you have to sort of almost sort of click fingers and go, no, you know, totally rethink. And I think other but then, people but then can be frust- helpful. Frustrate, frustrated that our experience is not changing or the, yeah. the dynamic between two people is not changing. You know, nothing changes. Yeah. You know, it's not fair or it shouldn't be like this. But of course, you're just making the same decisions again or you're just subject to the same influences. Totally. I mean, this is about change as well, isn't it? That yeah, change change is hard. I mean, somebody wrote somebody wrote something about psychotherapy the other day. I was reading it. That basically, most people show up not actually wanting to change. You know, there yeah. is there is a resistance to it, but it's so powerful. I remember us writing down. I, I certainly remember doing it in columns. All the things that I wanted to sort of manifest or change in my life at a time when, way before running the business, I wasn't in a relationship. And I wrote down what I wanted with friendships and career and creativity and relationship and money um, because I had not much of it as an actor. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, and I don't really sort of, in some ways I don't really care about that, but it's limiting when you really don't have any, you know, obviously, obvious statement. And it's all, that was also around identity, isn't it? But I, so I wrote all these things down and within two or three years, they'd all happen. And it was yeah. just, I mean, it, yeah, of course it requires energy and it requires doing something, but it was the focus of attention. And it's yeah. such a simple thing, isn't it? That I, and I find this with coaching and being, being on the other side of conversations that sometimes when you ask people, well, you know, for, for all the difficulty and for the challenges going on in our lives or the conflict or irritations. And then when you sort of stop and go, okay, what do you want? Yeah. And people just get completely stumped. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't really know. And 
And right. actually, it's the simplest question, but but part of the reason that we don't create our own reality is we don't stop and ask ourselves, what do we really want? Well, that's when I started waking up. It was 11 years ago. And I remember it was the, I think, first or second session I'd had with my lovely coach. And she said, what do you love? What makes you happy? And there was just this tumbleweed of silence. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, I'm, a, I'm really good at my job. And I, no, she said, that's not what I asked her. I said, what? What makes you happy? And I was like, oh. Yeah. Ooh. Pen, it's so, it's so powerful. <laughs> this is brilliant. Well, no wonder the universe exactly. doesn't know where to where That's to right. Take. It's just going to, it's just going to throw missiles but at you. Cause it, exactly. Cause it just, exactly. It's exactly the, the analogy I used to have was it was like being a ball in a pinball machine. It's just going to throw you <laughs> anywhere and see what sticks, isn't it? Um, if you don't decide, it's so true though. There's this wonderful, oh, there's this wonderful moment. There's this Ah, oh, wonderful series by Mike Bartlett on BBC iPlayer at the moment called Life. I just adored it, and it was. Oh, I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, maybe I will. Oh, it was just fabulous piece of writing and characters. Anyway, there's this one character in it played by the wonderful Victoria Hamilton, and she's got herself into a bit of a mess. There, she's got a sister. Her mother wasn't uh, was there wasn't particularly sort of uh, useful to them. I suppose had her own issues, and her sister's got her own issues as well. So she sort of always sort of held the fort and just had to hold everything together, really. And and she's using alcohol to sort of deal with that. <laughs> and, uh, I suspect many people are listening to that, going, "Well, that's a familiar story." <laughs> anyway, but anyway, so she she's trying to get a, a, a job to pay her more money and. And, and anyway, so she's sitting in this job interview and they ask her that question of, you know, what do you, what do you love? What do you do for fun? And she's just completely stumped. You know? She just sits there. And she's just looking around. And it's, 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 in, you know, it's in a city. She just looks out the window and she eventually says, architecture. <laughs> just because that's all she can see is buildings. And I was like, that's it. You know, and that's her journey. That is absolutely well, her journey of like, I, what do I want? Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to throw gender into the mix, but I am going to throw gender into the mix just because I read this passage in um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed last oh, night yeah. that made my heart stop beating, especially because I have daughters. And she said she went into the lounge and there were her her teenage son with some friends sort of all just splayed across the sofa. And then there was her teenage daughter with some friends all sitting very politely on the floor, legs crossed. And she said, anybody want any food? And the boys all just went, yeah. And then she said, the girls looked at each other. She said she could see the eyes flitting around um, because they didn't look inside themselves if they were hungry. They were checking what's is it okay if I'm hungry am I and then she said the, the, clearly the spokesperson of the group um after all the eye flitting <laughs> just turned around and said um no we're fine thank you Ooh. and I thought it sent shivers down my spine Phil because I thought there it is there's the not knowing what you want or or putting aside what yeah. you want well there that is actually a super segue <laughs> You just did a super segue um, to the internal because they and I'm not saying that men don't necessarily. Oh well, they definitely dis- don't dismiss their own I mean, feelings as well. Definitely, I've worked with. Yeah, I mean, I am working with. Yeah, no, they definitely um, will de- will deny their own needs for whatever you know because of upbringing or you know shame or you know. So there's there's different. There are different um, things going on. Yeah, in terms of you know adapting to the environment and being who you think you should be. For all genders, depending on our conditioning. But yes, that checking back in with your internal kind of t- 
touchstone of am I hungry? What do I want here? I think that's really, I think that's a really huge thing that, and that really ties in with the question of what do I want? And actually part of this is allowing your imagination to have some space. I was just reading this morning about this, you know, the Steve Jobs quote that he, what was it? He called it reality distortion field. And it was his absolute refusal to accept limitations that stood in the way, you know, anything external that might get in the way of what he wanted to manifest. And and actually that requires imagination. You know, we have to be able to imagine what that reality might look like, whether you're imagining country cottage making jam it doesn't matter or different job or actually it has to it's something about for me it's something about the meeting of the imagination and the and the intention and that lovely jerry sterning quote of it's easier to act your mm. way into a new way of thinking than think your way into a new way of action. you've then got to do something you've got to take those steps you've got to behave in a certain way you've got to start maria kondo your um house you do very carefully position your camera against a blank white wall in your well house, it's interesting so. isn't it on zoom because actually you all, all you've got to do in the virtual world is create a postage stamp of reality. Exactly. Like you could, exactly. It's true. Well, you can have a fake background. Fake background. And you can create it's any true. reality you God, want. We live in a weird time, don't we, for that? Yeah. We really do. Yeah. But key thing there, though, if the gap opens up between the reality that you're telling the world that yes. you are and what it actually feels like to be yes. you, dangerous. painful, painful. Dangerous, so dangerous. we do, they have to meet to be in health. Yeah. I read this little thing on Instagram yesterday. I love these little things where they somebody was giving the analogy of it's raining. Man walks out of the office, raining, can't find a taxi, absolutely cursing and swearing and getting really cross, gets flustered into the taxi um, and then is moaning to the taxi driver that, that it's raining and, and just has a, a grumpy day. Another guy comes out of the building trying to get to a meeting. It's raining. He looks up and, and, and says, oh, isn't it wonderful that it's raining? It's so lovely to see this fresh rain. And just waits, waits patiently, and then eventually gets into a taxi and has just a completely, completely different yeah, experience. Absolutely, um, I, yeah. and we have that choice every moment. Oh, Eckhart Tolle talks about that in a supermarket queue. I just—it was so memorable. It was so <laughs> memorable for me because I was like, "That's me," you know, that you're in a queue and you're just irritated. They're taking so long. Why can't they find their credit card? Like, why didn't they get that out before? Like, they, did they did they not think that they'd have to pay for their shopping? Like, what? And yeah. All of this, and well, I'm also looking at the. At the cashier's going, you can, you can, you can, your arm will go fast. So, you know, so you're standing in the queue, but you know, but the only thing that you're doing at that moment is creating your own experience, creating your yeah. own reality. And, yeah, and what, is- there's nothing else, there's nothing else going on except your own experience of yourself. And then as soon as you've yeah. got, as soon as you've got through the queue at the same time, that is going to happen whatever you, unless you punch the person and, you know, just take over. And then you finish, you pack your shopping up and you're still with yourself. Like you're yeah. just still with you. And we, and we yeah. really well, forget I, that. We think, well, if I just get oh, this done, I if this- I just get this done, it will all be better at That's the other right. end of the queue, but you've, it's only you. Well, I read this other thing on Instagram. I've, I've been scrolling Instagram a bit this morning and, and I can't remember who said it. It might've been Glenn and Doyle. I'm a bit into her at the moment. Um, it, but it might not have been. Anyway, it said, I have one and only one piece of advice for my grown-up teenage children. This is what I'm sending them out to the world with. If you go out for a meal, when you come to pay, 
put everything down, look squarely in the eyes of the waiter or the waitress and say, thank you so much. Mm. That was, that was lovely or um, have a lovely day. I really appreciate it. And I thought that well says it all. Uh, firstly, I've, firstly, what's interesting is I feel really moved by that very simple little anecdote and also pen the way you told it was very nice because of the pace of it. It was though, <laughs> but, I, but it, and it's very, me- it's very memorable. It's, it's making me think to sort of bring it to, um, an analogy that I've been using in terms of work and leadership and teams and but it also applies to family friendships that yeah there's that we're talking a lot at the moment or there is a lot of talk about the storm of the pandemic and many other storms going on in the in the political arena of the world as well and but that we're not all in the same boat so that's the sort of that's the, the metaphor that's being used a lot at the moment um and i sort of thought oh, okay well to build on that if we think about whether it's your family or your team or, you know, colleagues in a, in a boat. And what we're hearing so much of is the uncertainty. We don't know what's happening. People are sort of burnt out. They're unsure. Um, how can we operate when we don't know where we're, where we're headed? We don't know what's going to, you know, and, and sort of targets are being brought in from sort of a year to sort of six months or even shorter to try to, but, but we don't know what's laying ahead. We don't know whether we're still going to have jobs and, and that anxiety and, it made me think that actually, in terms of creating our reality, which boat do you want to be on? You've got a leader at yeah. the front of each boat. Neither of them know exactly where where we're going. You've In one boat, you've got everybody going, where are we going? I don't know. I can't cope. And in the other boat, you've got people turning towards each other going, okay, we don't know where we're going. Who's going who's gonna to lift the sail? Who's yeah. making the tea? Who's And then someone tells a story and makes you laugh. I want to be on that boat. And we yeah, have totally. a choice every day to turn towards and create a different reality, create a different experience. Yeah. And for me, that's a, partly about actually what we, what we, ha, how we, how we frame what creating a reality is. And I think we've spent a lot of time generally looking towards achievement, getting stuff, getting the big house, that that's creating our reality. But actually, I feel like this is an opportunity for us to balance that of actually what really creates our reality is turning yeah. towards the waiter and saying, thank you so much. That's going to change that person's experience yeah. in life, whether or not they're yeah. going back to a penthouse or, um, you know, a bedsit, that is going to change their experience. And we all have that in our power to create, to, to create an experience on this boat that doesn't quite know where it's going. That's completely yeah. different. But of course, if we if we're just caught in the pattern of well, this this is what life this is what my life is yeah. like it's what it is and you know we assume that well that's just it there's no yeah. there's no other and way this is what my relationship is, what it is like this is what my kids yeah. are like yeah like um it's incredibly hard particularly if you haven't got any external influences around you to to sort of open things up and ask some questions it's really really hard to break the pattern. I mean, I was, I've been doing a lot of profile unpacking, as you know, over the last couple of weeks, um, developmental um, questionnaires and profiles. And it's very often the only, often one of the only reasons that we have to, I guess, wake up or I guess push ourselves to a, a different way of being is if we are suffering. Oh, totally. We are suffering totally. a lot based on where we find yeah, ourselves. Yeah, the burning or, platform. You know, yeah. Our, yeah, the the values that we hold are just being absolutely crushed by uh, the world around us. We'll we'll have a dis- we'll have a motivation to change, but if we don't have that burning platform, it's incredibly hard sometimes oh. to 
to change I mean, anything. What was that quote? Most people are living lives in quiet desperation. I just, I just love that quote. It's so bleak, but I just love that those words. And there is, of course, a scale to that. I mean, there will be some people who, you know, whether they're carers or whether they're in incredibly difficult situations, it of course it really yeah. will be will literally be incredibly difficult, and um, they will have an enormous amount of responsibility. And it's all on a scale. Mm. And really, the only thing you really can change, well, the, the starting point, I mean, you can change your environment. That was an incredibly useful thing for me. And changing the, the self-behaviour will start to ripple out yeah. and change things yeah. around us. But it's not, it's not easy. But, it, you know, if you are in a situation where you are either in quite desperation or, you know, looking, looking to have a different reality, even one tiny, small step change in your daily patterns or your daily thought patterns will... Wow probably have quite an enormous Absolutely. Impact. And also what you're allowing in. Like, you know, the first yes. thing in the morning, are you tapping on the news feed? I mean, we talk about this a lot. And that's now in your reality. Yeah. Um, and we do yeah. have choices over that. And I cannot impact, you know, President Trump tweeting anger, but I can impact whether I choose to engage with it. Yeah, that's you know, right. Whether I let that into that's my right. consciousness. Yeah. Well, my reality started this morning um, with... The dog Harry Houdini, as he will now be called, <laughs> seems to be able to get out of any cage I put him in. It is because he's tinyissimo. He is tinyissimo, but I no, he opened the door. I mean, oh, secret, secret life of pets, secret life of pets. He opened the door of the cage. Has he got? Has he got opposable thumbs? That dog. <laughs> Honestly, Val, it's weird. It's really weird because it's got quite a long handle that threads through the the lock bit. Like he would. It wouldn't, it's not an easy catch to release. It would take some pulling to open. Very weird. Anyway, I might set up a hidden yeah. camera. Um, but I did come down as a result to find some delightful gifts oh. all over my kitchen floor this morning. He is um, creating your reality. <laughs> he's creating my reality. I could have got, yeah. you know, annoyed and, but I just thought, well, <laughs> I mean, he had the whole space of the kitchen. Yeah. He got out of his cage. What's he going to do? He's loving and, um, that. He is loving it. He's ruling, ruling the roost. <laughs> um, I would like to know how he opens that that door. Secret there. camera. Baffling. Secret camera. Yeah, so um, my reality um, is having a few challenges in terms of the, the joyous gifts that are being left on, on the floor. But, you know, choose how you respond choose, to that. Choose how you say. respond to poop on the... <laughs> that is true, though. It is true. <laughs> Matt, Matt, our colleague did say the other day when I said that the dog is going to bring me joy and he said he's going to leave joy all over your carpet and he was totally right. <laughs> we hope you found this episode interesting, thought-provoking and indeed fun. At 4D Human Being, we are passionate about the experience of life that we create for ourselves and for others. And even in the toughest of times, is there something in our lives, whether it's our environment or whether setting a clear intention at the start of a day, that we can use to appreciate or shift a little bit the experience of our day-to-day -day life? One way to start might be to subscribe to the 4D Human Being podcast and newsletter, where we explore in many different ways this question. Are you happening to the world or is the world happening to you? To do this and to find out about our programmes and coaching, please visit www.4dhumanbeing.com. We will see you again very soon.